It's the bye week, but not for us. We're, we're here, ready to go. I don't think we get a bye week. We don't get a bye week. <laughs> we, we do this every week of the year. Yeah, and we love it. This is the Eagle Eye Podcast presented by Nissan. We're live here at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia at the sports book. Rube, how you doing? Doing well. I am too. It's yeah, exciting. It the is. The Eagles finished the regular season with a 14 and 3 record, number one seed. Uh, let's just take a moment to appreciate how fun this has been. It has been. And, you know, there's so many little things, you know, like you can complain about and concern about and worry about, but they, they just won 14 games. Yeah. Uh, they're the NFC East champs, they're, they're the number one seed. It's really been a, a heck of a year. Um, it kind of. I don't know. It doesn't seem like people are, I, I guess when you have this kind of record, the expectations are really high and, and it's hard to enjoy the moment, but I think people should, it's been whatever happens from here on out. Uh, it's been a hell of a regular season. Yeah. Enjoy this run because it, they don't happen all that often, really. I well, mean, for, for this team, they seem to fifth well, time. They've been number one seed in the last 21 years, Yeah, but even that's not like, it's not an every year thing. And you look ahead, you don't know what the future holds, especially with all these free agents and, uh, they're gonna have to pay the quarterback a ton of money, and the, the coordinators are getting looks. I just realized something. Other Dave. teams, yeah. This will be the twenty-first playoff run I've covered mm-hmm. with the Eagles. They were only in the playoffs eight times before I covered them, <laughs> so I've covered twenty-one out of twenty-nine postseason trips. Hmm. Obviously, there's more teams go to the playoffs since I started, but yeah. still, yeah, no, it's still impressive, and it's still impressive that the Eagles won fourteen games. In a 17-game season, I mean, even if they'd only won 13, they still have only done that a handful of times in franchise history. Yeah. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Very impressive stuff. So we're going to go through some of the biggest reasons for optimism going into the playoffs. And we'll balance that out with some of my reasons for concern. Shane Steichen, Jonathan Gannon getting looks around the league as head coaching candidates. So we'll talk about uh, how we think they'd fare as head coaches and then also look at some possible replacements in-house. And we'll talk about the value of just what this bye week means and what the heck the Eagles are doing this week at the Novacare Complex. But let's start with the reasons for optimism. Are you good with that? Let's do it. All right. And we'll start with optimism and then we'll flip it to get to the, the negative side of things. But the number one reason for optimism is the number one seed. It means so much. Yeah. Yeah, it means more than ever now that the number two seed doesn't get a buy. And it used to be that the, you know, the only advantage between one and two is that if if one and two both made the NFC Championship game, number two's on the road. But other than that, it's just uh, and, and that's why I don't really like. It. I think it's too much of an advantage. I really do for for just one team to get that buy. I thought having two had a nice balance to it. Um, but yeah, it's and, and you just think. The Eagles do have issues. They do have concerns, but they have two weeks to fix them where other teams are getting ready for a game right now. You know, the, the rest of the league, other than the Chiefs, getting ready for a game in, in, in a few days. So um, they're going to be resting and getting healthy. It's it's invaluable this time of year to have that. Yeah, and it, it takes away the possibility that you lose in the first round, which even if you're a major favorite, 
there's always a possibility that you lose the game. So it takes that off the table and it eliminates the injury risk of yes. that game. So you're inherently going to be healthier in the, in the divisional round or the conference semifinals, whatever you want to call them. Uh, you're healthier when you finally play a game. And it, it is such a huge advantage. And the Eagles knew that was their goal this whole year was to get this number one seed. And this is why. Yeah. And, you know, I, I know some people were saying, well, they backed into it. Yeah. No, no. They, they won more games than anyone else. They built a lead. They built a lead. They had a cushion. It, it might've taken a little longer than some ideally would have liked, uh, but they're the number one seed and nobody else is. That's why they play 18 games. Right. And I get that there's like, or there's why they play 17 games. and There's 18, 18 weeks. weeks. Yeah. Um, you want to see it over a long period of time. And the Eagles were the best team in the NFC over a long period of time. And that's not to say it doesn't matter how you play down the stretch. It does. But in the Eagles circumstance, there were, there were some extenuating circumstances. They were without their MVP candidate for two of those games. They didn't have him at full strength in the third game. They built up that lead and they, they earned the number one spot. It's incredible that Jalen was 14 and one. You know, that's it. That's I think there's only what it was. Uh, Aaron Rodgers, uh, Patrick Mahomes, and Joe Montana, the only other quarterbacks to win 14 out of 15 starts. That's pretty good company. It's it's extremely good company. I think they're all Hall of Famers. I think Mahomes probably already done enough to, to be retired now. Probably, uh, but yeah, he's in he's in pretty good company. I think I think the way the season ended for Jalen. Uh, it kind of takes a little bit of the luster off. But when you look at the body of work and, and when you step yeah. back, like and you have to, because like right now I get it. It's like, we just watched. Yeah. The, but when you look at the, yeah. the whole body of work, it's Zoom incredible, out a little. incredible yeah. what he did and incredible what the team did and they, they earned it. And that's why they had that advantage. Uh, number two, this team is relatively healthy and we're getting to some of the, the injury concerns when we get to concerns, but, Overall, I mean, this team might have every offensive starter healthy. They might have all but one or maybe two defensive starters healthy. That's pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, we don't we haven't gotten any kind of update on Sweat, but he tweeted out that he'll be back. Um, it, you know, he's obviously not on IR. Maddox, I doubt that we'll see him again. But uh, if they can get Sweat back, that would be huge. Be huge. And and they be they would have every starter. But even without that, like it's amazing it all is. these starters are healthy, or at least are gonna play. I think you know, I th- <laughs> I think people really need to understand that Nick's and it's not just Nick, but Nick and Howie's philosophy of shorter practices, days off in the middle of training camp, uh walk through Wednesdays, rest days for veterans, all that stuff works. There really is value to it. And I think that's the wave of the future. I think other teams are going to see the success. This is two years in a row they've been, and it was, you know, from from even the Super Bowl year up through 2020, they were they were as injured as anybody, and they really took a long hard look at it. And I mean, down to the fact that in training camp there was a higher ratio of injuries on the third straight day or the fourth straight day. So they got rid of the fourth straight day, and they get a day off every, after every third practice. So. I think that's what it was. So, I, I you know, I think there's a definite correlation. Uh, I don't think it's a coincidence. I don't think it's a coincidence, but I also don't think it's like 
all causation. I agree. I think there's some luck involved. Sure. Sometimes you're lucky. You know, if a guy tears an ACL, he tears an ACL. Right. Sometimes there's nothing you can do to avoid it. Eagles have been relatively lucky in that case. I mean, Derek Barnett went down in week one. Yeah. Feels so long ago. Remember all the, the you know, Nick puts the, the numbers on his hat? Yeah. The hat's looking pretty clean. The hat's not. It doesn't have a lot of numbers on it. Uh, and some of the stuff dates back to, I mean, they still do smoothies. You know, the players come off the practice field and every every player's got a smoothie. I mean, that goes back to Chip. Chip Chip had some ideas that are still, you know, they're still bearing fruit, I guess. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. No matter whether it's them doing it or the luck, whatever led to this point, they're pretty healthy. Yeah. And that makes you feel good. Uh, number three, they're a very balanced team. You know, you, even you look around some of the best teams in the league, it's like, yeah, their offense carries them or their defense carries them. This team, and I know that there are the Jonathan Cannon detractors and their loud group, and I get some of the some of that, but um, this is a, a very good offense and a very good defense. They are a balanced team, and when this team plays football together, they're very tough to beat. When they play complementary football, very tough to beat. When was the last time they were top five in offense and defense in yards? It was a long time ago, and I'm looking right now, and I'm going to keep talking until I find that it was in 1954, 1955. And there were only like six teams, <laughs> so <laughs> as long as you weren't last. But, uh, yeah, I think I think that's a great point. When And they were really – when they were on a roll this year, they were really playing complementary football. Defense was getting takeaways, giving the offense the ball, great field position. Um, the offense was holding the ball and, and running clock and keeping the defense off the field. Um, if they get back to that, and it's kind of gotten away from that for a couple reasons, but if they get back to that, uh, obviously it's a lot harder to do that when Gardner Minshew is playing. Uh, that makes them really, really tough to beat. Yeah, and the only other team this year who's in that same boat is surprisingly the 49ers. You think about that. Uh, that defense is what's carrying them. But no, that offense has been very good and they have some playmakers, but the rest of the teams in the playoffs don't really have that type of balance. Yeah, and there's been great Eagles teams that didn't have that type of balance. Like your great offense and okay defense or the other way around. Um, they're they're legitimately top five in both. Number four, Number four. the weapons on offense. You just have problem solvers. Yeah. And it's A.J. Brown. It's Devontae Smith, it's Dallas Goddard, it's Miles Sanders, and we'll see how healthy he is. But assuming another week it'll help him get healthy, it's Miles Sanders. And then it's Jalen Hurts. He's the ultimate problem solver. And we'll get to the concern with Jalen in a, in a minute here. But if Jalen Hurts is right, he was an MVP candidate for a reason. I mean, this guy just, there was no way to beat him this year. Blitz him, fine. He'll, he'll read it. He'll either get out of dodge or he'll find your weakness in your defense. You try to play back like the Titans did and don't rush him at all, man, he will pick you apart down the field if he has time. I don't know if you're a defensive coordinator how you stop a 100% healthy Jalen Hurts. Yeah, I, I, I would agree with that. People have tried every imaginable way to do it, and um, I think the only the only person that stopped him so far has been just his shoulder. I mean, that's really that's really it. Uh yeah, he's he's so much fun to watch. He's so unpredictable. He's so uh, versatile and and multidimensional, uh, and he's got great people around him. Yeah. The nicest thing is like a play doesn't work, he can still fix it. 
you know, everything goes to heck. Yeah, he'll scramble out and get a first down. Yeah, it's it's the ultimate trump card, right? Like things kind of mess up around you. Yep, Jalen Hurts scrambles out, avoids pressure. Don't, don't say trump. It kills. Card. It kills a defense. Yeah, yeah. That when when the defense has a win and he turns it into a, a win for the offense, that uh, that that can be a backbreaker for a defense. It, that's it's tough to bounce back from that. On the flip side, the Eagles' defensive line that's been a pretty constant force all year. The pressure they generate from Hassan, it's a long list, Hassan Reddick and, and Josh Sweat and Brandon Graham, and Fletcher Cox and Javon Hargrave. Milton Williams has really come on strong. Yeah. Then you have the other guys, Ndamukin Sue and Linval Joseph, Jordan Davis, Robert Quinn even getting in the mix last week. You are still a Robert Quinn detractor. I think he's going to make a big play in the playoffs. All right. I, uh, we'll yeah. bet a Coke on it. Let's make it a Pepsi. Okay. All right. Have you watched? Uh, no, why well, you haven't watched it? Uh, there's a Netflix documentary called I just watched it called Pepsi. Where's my jet? No, Pepsi. Where's my jet? My jet. So there was a in the 90s. They had a. Sorry, we're off the rails here, but That's all right. um, they had a promotion and it was like Pepsi points and he gets stuff and they had a commercial. OK. And at the end of the commercial, it said seven million points for a jet. OK. It didn't have a disclaimer on it. So some guy was like, well, I'm going to get this this jet. Uh, <laughs> and it's like a military-grade jet. Uh, and he, he was like, there was no way to get all these points from drinking Pepsi. Right. But he found in the back of like the, the magazine for all the stuff, you could buy points. Oh. And 7 million Pepsi points would cost $700,000. A lot less than a jet. A lot less than a 30, I think, say, $32 million jet. So it became... Uh, like a lawsuit and a back and forth battle for years. And it's become uh, like studied in, in law schools. And wow. Stuff. Yeah. Did he get the jet? No. Did he get a settlement? I just spoiled it, man. Everyone might've watched it. Did he get like a settlement? Uh, I won't say I'll, I'll leave some you got a lifetime supply of Pepsi. I don't think Pepsi likes him very much. Interesting. Yeah. I would watch that. Yeah. It was, it's very interesting. Yeah. Uh, defense. How in the world did we uh, def- <laughs> <laughs> defensive line? Uh, they're just really good. And, oh, Robert Quinn, we bet a Pepsi. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, what I love about this D line is just how deep they are, and how if you know all year they were they were just getting so many bodies to the quarterback, and you know you would look up and there'd be like three guys around them, and you know when a quarterback's under pressure, he try he goes the other way, and the other guy there's BG waiting for him, or there's Sweat, or there's Fletch uh, to have. Four guys with double-digit sacks, which no one's ever done. Five guys with seven or more sacks. I think only two teams have done. Uh, it, it's it's more you're more dangerous than if you just have one twenty-sack guy and the next guy has five sacks. They're so dangerous because anybody can do it. Whoever's out there, um, you know, you, you see multiple guys around the quarterback, and I think that's what they were missing kind of uh, against the Giants the other day. But uh, it'll serve them well in the playoffs and. Look, they the the pressure hasn't led to interceptions the last couple months, but it should. Like pressure leads to turnovers, whether it's a strip sack or a, or a batted ball or a you know, guy gets his arm hit and the ball flutters up and T.J. Edwards, whoever it is, it should. This kind of pressure should lead to to takeaways. So the Eagles need them. Yeah, and I should mention that the you know the secondary creates sacks too. Yep. When you have Bradbury Slay and now CJ Gardner Johnson as the nickel, I mean they're they're pretty tough to beat. And 
if you make the quarterback hold this, the ball for a split second too long, this D-line is going to get there. And they're playing their best down the stretch. Mm-hmm. They are. All right. Want to flip to the, the negative Nancy side of things? Yes. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Number one concern for me, and and these are not in order, but this one is Jalen Hurts health. Yep. Uh, He was clearly not 100% in that game. And kudos to him for playing they get the win he needed this bye week and i don't know how much healthier he'll be in a couple weeks but it better be more because you can't play the way they played against the giants in the playoffs yeah i I think that's the big question facing this team i think we talked about this the other day i thought maybe he was at 65 percent um you said what did you say 70 maybe i think somewhere in there was is that fair maybe a little bit more a little maybe um but It's tough to tell because they altered the game plan. That's true, too. Uh, But I would think he's got to be at least 80 to to really give this team a fair chance against a good team to win. Um, They have other ways they can win. He doesn't they can win without him being elite, but he's got to at least be effective and productive and dangerous and himself. He's got to look more like Jalen Hurts than what we saw Sunday. Mm -hmm. Uh, for them to to be an elite team. So uh, it's a little scary because he was hurting more than anybody really realized or expected. And two weeks is it's significant. He can heal, keep healing. Um, but the thought that he'll be 100% for their first playoff game, he won't be. Yeah, it's hard to, to imagine he'll be 100%. But you need to have the full playbook open to you in the playoffs. And they're going to have to run – zone read stuff. It's a big part of their offense and his ability to run and the the danger, the threat of him running. You're only going to buy that if he can actually do it and shows he can do it again. So, uh, yeah, you just, uh, and it's funny in that game, it it showed up in the game planning more than like, I I thought he threw the ball fine. Yeah. Um, But you're also wondering how he felt the next day after playing a game. He didn't take a ton of huge hits, but he took some hits. Took a couple. Uh, he felt good enough to go in for meetings that he called, which uh, which tells you a lot about him. Uh, but, yeah, that's that's the question. And I think he'll – I don't know. It's hard to even speculate because we don't know what's going on inside uh, his shoulder and how much more he can heal. But, you know, he'll be better. He will be better. And I think part of it might have been – I think they went, I think the Eagles went into that game thinking let's just do the minimum minimum we can to win. It was a pretty vanilla game plan. It was a vanilla game plan and I think in in a lot of ways they were holding him back. I mean he could 
could have done more. Mm-hmm. You know, right. like he yeah. probably could have had that first down when he slid it, you know, short of the sticks. But it's just like let's just err on the side of caution every single snap, and they did. So I'll tell you what, the first time he lowers his shoulder in the divisional round, I think we're all going to hold our breath a little bit. And in the conference semifinal round. <laughs> what else you got? Uh, the next one is another health-related thing. Lane Johnson. Uh, he's going to try to play through this. We haven't heard anything different. It's a tough injury to play through. Yeah. I I don't know if he can do it, Dave. I, I just... I think he'll do it. I don't know how effective it'll be and how long it'll last. Yeah, that's the thing. If he gets all the reps all week and, and then, you know, you're going to Driscoll in the third series, then that's a problem. Um, I mean, Driscoll's a tough guy. and He'll give you what he has, but yeah, that's uh, that's a big loss if he's not himself. And I don't know how he can be. Uh, maybe I'm wrong. I've never had an injury like this. Um, but I don't know how you play with a core muscle injury anywhere close to, especially as an offensive tackle where, I mean, so much of it is is power and, and leverage. And that comes from your core. Like, that's that's why you always hear these guys talking about, what did you do this offseason? I strengthened my core. They always talk about that. Uh, now, maybe... I mean, by the time he plays, uh, he got hurt in Dallas, so he'll have a month. But I don't know how much healing That's the goes thing. On. I don't know. Like, it's not going to get better without surgery. Can 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 it can it help? Can the rest help? Is there treatment he can get? I mean, I don't know. Yeah. It's uh, a tricky one. I, I hope we get to talk to him uh, Thursday. We'll we'll be in a locker room, so hopefully we get to talk to him, get some answers. I'm really curious. I am too, because if he's not in there, Driscoll's in there, and. At least what we've seen in the last couple games is that they're not going to alter their game plan a ton. You know, they'll, they'll help him out here and there, but a big strength of this offense is having two tackles yeah. like Johnson and Mylotta, who, you know, they get helped here and there, but for the most part, they're just on islands and they have to deal with elite edge rushers. And if you have to start allocating resources to Driscoll, and you might have to in some of these games, I mean, if you're playing Dallas and <laughs> you've got Demarcus Lawrence and Michael Parsons, you, you just can't say Driscoll, go block them one-on-one. Mr. Driscoll, meet Mr. Boza. Yeah. And yeah, well, that too. I mean, yeah. the next round possibly. But uh, it's, it's a tough ask. And even if they help Driscoll, there are plays where they you just you can't help them in every play. Right, right. You take too much away from your offense. If it's a matter of pain tolerance, Lane can do anything. I mean, he's, he's as tough as they come, but sounds like it's more than that. Uh, number three, and this is a little controversial one, I Ooh, think. Dave uh, the offense stumbling down the stretch didn't look good. Now, obviously, the quarterback was a big part of that. With Gardner Minshew, they're clearly not going to be the same offense. Uh, but we saw Shane Steichen kind of get tripped up in his play calling a little bit. And, and the offense just didn't give you the right feel that it gave you earlier in the year. Yeah, I, I think that's fair. I mean, they did score 27 in Dallas against a decent defense. Uh, the Saints game was the one that I think really raised concern level because that just didn't look like the Eagles offense. And, uh, you know, he has been getting away from the run uh, or not getting away from it, but just starting games out throwing like every single snap. And they, they like to to build a lead passing and then protect the lead running, but it's a little top heavy. It has been. Now we don't know Miles' health and we don't know how effective he'll be, but uh, he just hasn't been a factor early in games, really, for the most part of the last few weeks at all in games. So, you know, I think Shane's a hell of a play caller. Um, 
but they do. I, I, there is a sense that they need to get back on track. I mean, the last two games, you know, they just they haven't looked like themselves. Yeah. And I think there are circumstances because I think, I think Sunday against the Giants, and look, that game could have easily been forty to sixteen. Yeah, if they finish in the red zone. Yeah, and uh, that's part of the concern with Jalen is his running ability and the threat of him running in the red zone is where it really helps. Yeah. Do you know I was looking at um, Carson in the red zone? Carson and Nick combined in the red zone in seventeen had twenty nine touchdown passes and no interceptions. Wow. Carson had 24 and none. Uh, and Jalen's got 20 total touchdowns, including the rushing, um, and one interception. And he's got more red zone rushing first downs than anybody else in the NFL. The, the point being that they've been a really good uh, red zone team, but obviously in that game they weren't. Yeah, one for five in that game? Yeah. Did it dip them below? Did they end up second in red zone offense this year? They ended up third third wow what that really they were first going into that game yeah wow okay yeah that's what happens when you go one for five yeah dallas is first the chiefs are second okay number four on the list the defense is going to see good quarterback play most likely yeah and that's where we've seen this defense struggle at times and and i i think some of the criticism of gannon has been unfair but i think some of it is at least partially fair you know they they Sometimes they let teams go on these long drives thinking that they'll get off the field, whether it's uh, forcing a, a punt or getting a turnover. And when that doesn't happen, it keeps your defense on the field for a long time, which keeps your offense off the field. And you kind of get ground down by these long drives. Yeah, there have been a few of those. I mean, really, the only – I mean, Aaron Rodgers and Dak. I mean, Dalton had the one drive. Uh, I'm not that concerned about that. Uh, I, I feel like – if they can get back to what they were doing the first half of the year and end some of those drives with interceptions when when they're there and the plays have been there, they just haven't made them. Um, and that's how this d- defense is designed. But you know, certainly, look when you when you face a top quarterback, that I mean, they, there's a reason they're a top quarterback. Um, it's funny, you know. You look at the I was just looking at this the quarterbacks that have beaten the Eagles in the playoffs. Like, who's the last non-Hall of Fame quarterback to beat them in the postseason? I mean, it's Brady, Russell Wilson, uh, Breeze, Breeze, Rodgers, um, maybe Romo, probably Romo in, in 09. Um, but Kurt Warner. And at that point, he was a very good quarterback. Kurt Warner, Breeze, uh, Brady. Going back to 04, Romo's the only non-Hall of Famer that they've lost to in the, in the playoffs. And, and yeah, he might've been, he probably was kind of on a hall of fame track early in his career. Uh, but um, his, his lack of postseason success, except in that game <laughs> is, is, uh, is pretty glaring, but yeah, it's just an interesting thing. I noticed, I mean, Warner, Warner twice, breeze twice, Brady twice, Russell Wilson. Uh, but yeah, I mean, those are the games that you have to win if you want to be a great team. Yeah, And at some point you're going to see a great one. Probably. Yeah, I mean, you can't afford it. I mean, you can't avoid it. Um, Brock Purdy might be the best of all. <laughs> I mean, what a story that is. Pretty cool story. Uh, and number five, and this is kind of alludes to what you said just a minute ago, uh, turnover differential. Yeah. It was an area where the Eagles were so good through the first half of the season and uh, in both areas of it, both getting takeaways and not giving the ball away. Uh, it's flipped. 
and it's it's a concern because yeah. a few plays in a playoff game can be the difference between moving on or going home. Yeah, I think it's safe to say if they're minus two in any postseason game, they're not they're not going to win. Um, and they they're what are they minus seven? Do they have they didn't have any takeaways against the Giants, did they? They're minus seven since week yeah. nine. They were plus fifteen the first eight weeks. Yeah, it's a concern. I, I feel like it's something that can flip back just as easily as it flipped. I agree. Because um, I think the way they play, there should be – like, I don't know if there's a stat like, you know, turnovers minus or plus expected turnovers, you know. But, I mean – Would be probably pretty subjective. Epps has the ball in his hands and can't catch it. TJ Edwards has the ball in his hands. Slay flies right past the ball and it goes through his hands. I mean, there was there was like five of those Bradbury plays. Bradbury had day. one or two. Bradbury had one, um, and 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 just fumbles. I mean, like you think about the play with uh, with Reddick strip sack and Fletcher can't fall on it. Yeah, yeah. Twenty one of the last twenty five fumbles in an Eagles game by either team have been recovered by the other team. <laughs> I mean, that's like mathematically, that's like almost impossible. So. That number and, and look, part of that is if you believe in law of averages, yeah, which is how they got here in the first yeah. place, regression to the mean. But um, some of that is hustle too, and you know, just being the first guy to see that there's a loose ball and get on the ball. Um, that's got to turn around. I think that's a huge one. I, I really do. Other than Jalen, I think that's the biggest one because you can't win in the playoffs if you're minus two. You just can't against good teams. It's an important not, stat. Not going to happen. Yeah, but overall. Uh, we did five for each. I'm I'm feeling pretty optimistic about this. After team. that, I'm not. I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to. He just ruined my. Maybe we should have done the, the negative first. And probably finished positive. Yeah, probably probably would have been a good idea. Uh, catch all the sports action and more at Rivers Casino Philadelphia. Whether it's the money line or the pass line, there's something for everyone in a great sports book. Rivers Casino Philadelphia. Philly loves a winner. Gambling problem? Call one eight hundred Gambler. It's the Nissan Thrill of the Drive event. So gift yourself what you really want this holiday season and shop your local Nissan store or visit NissanUSA.com today. Just like the holidays, these offers won't last. Opioid addiction is a national public health crisis. The Someone You Know podcast from the Independence Blue Cross Foundation offers inspiring stories that challenge stigma, offer hope, and humanize the disease of addiction. Download the new season three of Someone You Know on all major podcast platforms. All right, Rube. Jonathan Gannon, Shane Steichen. Hot names, yeah. especially Shane Steichen. Yeah. We're recording this on Tuesday afternoon. It's He's already got three requests for the five jobs out there. Yeah. Good chance they lose one or both of these guys. Yeah, and you can see why Steichen's such a hot candidate. Uh, he has – look, first of all, most most hires are offensive now. Um, he's got um, – I mean, he's a play caller, which not a lot of offensive – not all offensive coordinators are. I mean, you know, Frank Reich hadn't called the plays here. Um, it, it, it does happen, but he's a play caller. Um, you know, I think he's got a certain way about him that it breeds confidence, uh, when he's done with Jalen, um, I think from the outside, from the inside is remarkable. Uh, this has become a machine, this offense. And like you said, they can throw it, they can run it. Uh, they can beat you in a lot of different ways. Uh, it's, it's obvious why he's such an attractive candidate. We're going to start to see the Nick Sirianni, uh, coaching tree here. Uh, I guess, but uh, I think he's more likely than Gannon just because offensive coaches are more likely than defensive. But um, and the could... numbers don't don't hurt there. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, looking at three requests to one. Right, that too. Um, 
I think they'll, I think they're going to lose Shane. Uh, and I would think he'd come across really well in in, inter- in an interview. I think Gannon might come across a little better. Yeah, and I wanted to get into that a little bit because I think both of them have a chance to be good head coaches. And But Gannon, to me, kind of has a more natural ability to just like stand in front of a room yeah. and captivate everyone. Yeah. Yeah, he's very, very good at that. Um, I mean, he gets you believing stuff you really don't even want to believe. <laughs> like he's he's really good. I could see him being an exceptional uh, interview. I mean, the word is when he interviewed last year, uh, he did really really well with Houston. Um, I, I thought they were going to hire Josh McCown for crying out loud. Who the heck knows what they're doing? Yeah, but um, you know, I, th- I think Shane will interview well. Uh, but I could see if if you interviewed both of those, thinking that Gannon. Um, I mean, I, I think his mind is extremely well organized and and um, sensible and logical. Uh, I think he can he can speak to owners the way owners will respond to it. Yeah, that's an interesting point, and that's that's what you're supposed to do when you apply for a job. Mm-hmm. You know, speak in the language which of which is sometimes tough. Of yeah, speak in the language of the person you're interviewing with. Um, I have a funny story about that, which I can't. I can't really share right now, but um, that's a, that's a, you know, I mean, that's something they coach you when you're, you know, you're applying for jobs to, to speak in the language of the person you're talking to. If you, if you hear them using certain buzzwords, you know, when I had my first interview at the Gloucester County times, my first job, I interviewed with the editor and the sports editor and they both, neither one had shaved in like three or four days. They both had real scruffy and I'm there with my shirt and tie and everything. So when I had my second interview, I didn't shave for three or four days. (laughs) Thinking like I, I want to like I want them to feel comfortable around me and I and I got hired. That's why. That's why I, I didn't shave. You tricked them. <laughs> so, but anyway, yeah, um, yeah. Shane, I think Shane is is okay at that stuff, um, but not not great, not great. He talks too fast sometimes, <laughs> but uh, you know. But he I, also connects, and I, I think. To be fair, I think we see a different version of, of Shane at a press conference than his players see. Yeah, oh, no question. And the chances we have to, to, to talk to Shane when he's not at a press conference, he's uh, he's very different. Yeah, he's more down to earth. Yeah, he is uh, more down to earth. And there's other things too. But, uh, yeah, I, I think they'll both be good coaches. I, I think it's harder for a defensive coach just because so much of a, of a team's success is the, the head coach's relationship with the quarterback. And I mean, it's such a, you know, quarterback driven league now. Um, so that that's a little trickier for a defensive coach. Yeah. And it, it makes Shane so attractive because we see the success Jalen's had. And I mean, before that, he was with Justin Herbert for that rookie year. Yeah. And at the time, it wasn't really clear, like how much credit he he. It didn't seem like he got any of the credit for it. Yeah. He was the offensive coordinator. It seemed like everyone was pointing at other reasons why Herbert was good. But. Two quarterbacks in a row now have been like MVP level players with with Steichen. Yeah, no, it's true. Um, I, I I think I think Steichen is going to get a job. I don't think Gannon will. Okay. Yeah. Well, let's go through their options because this is this can be the downfall, and it was Doug's downfall in a lot of ways. It was Andy's downfall for a while. I mean, it's it's tough to replenish especially because you have to strike this balance of promoting from within, but making sure the overall talent level doesn't falter. And I think Nick really likes the idea of promoting from within. He, he came up that way. Uh, and many coaches do. And I think there's a lot of value in that. So if you look at 
Shane Steichen, I think there is at least one or two pretty obvious candidates. It's Brian Johnson, the quarterback's coach, or passing game coordinator Kevin Petulo. Yeah, I think those are the two two guys on offense. Um, Petulo would have called the play, or he would have run the team when – He would have been the head coach. Yeah, when he had COVID, uh, I guess. But, yeah, I, I think those are the two guys. I, I know – I mean – I know there was talk about Brian Johnson maybe being a, a head coaching candidate. His name hasn't come up, but it wouldn't shock me. I mean, I'd imagine some teams would want to talk to him about an OC job. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Um, it might be the only way to keep him. It, it might be. It might be. Um, but those are, those are two good names. Uh, you know, we don't get to talk to those guys a whole lot. Uh, but in the few times we have, they're both really impressive. Kevin Petula, I think we've talked to him once since he's been here, but really impressive guy. He's and, probably the coach on staff who we don't talk about nearly enough. Yeah, he's a passing game coordinator. And, and they, he's like Nick's right-hand man. Like Nick trusts him with everything. Yeah, and he was with Nick in Indy. Um, Came on the plane with him. Yeah. When the jet picked him up. Yeah, he did. Um, I... I, I yeah, uh, they're two good choices. Yeah. And then if you're looking outside, I think the first obvious one on everyone's mind is Frank Reich. Uh, we'll see if he gets a job elsewhere. But I, I think a lot of head coaches would or former head coaches would have like some sort of problem ego wise taking a job under the guy who was once under them. I don't think Frank would have that problem. I don't know how likely it will be that he ends up here, but I don't think that would be the issue. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that. I, I would think the only reason he might not do that is just continuity. You want a guy who might have the job for a couple of years. Frank might leave for a head coaching job. I, I would, I'd be less surprised if he was like a like senior offensive consultant type thing. Um, but uh, certainly, my guess is he is without the title. He probably is. I mean, he's yeah. probably talking to Frank right away. We, we haven't seen him in the building yet. <laughs> what about on defense? On defense, I think the most likely internal hire would be Denard Wilson, their defensive backs coach, a guy who I, I think should be getting looks from around the league. And I, I don't really know why he hasn't yet. He's been a good coach for a long time and uh, his players speak so highly of him, just so highly. of him. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. Um, number one pass defense in the league. So he's doing something right. Um, what about Jeremiah Washburn? He's an interesting one, probably a little outside of the box. Yeah. Um, I think he has that potential. He wouldn't be the next guy up on my list. It would be Nick Rawless, honestly. Yeah, I, I think he's <laughs> the, the linebackers he's, coach. He's what, 28? He's 29 now. 29. Yeah. Um, Happy birthday, Nick. <laughs> he's an impressive guy. I mean, that's on in his future. I don't know when that'll be. Yeah. To, to be able to come in and coach guys your age or, or when he got here older than him, uh, in some cases, is and and command their respect. Um, that's an impressive thing, and he's yeah, he's going to be a decoyer. He's, I mean, who knows what what his ceiling is, but um, I mean, he's got TJ Edwards playing the, the by far the best football of his career, um, and he's part of a, a defense that's one of the best in the league. So he's, I think those are the main guys. I, I would say Denard won. Um, I think Washburn. I think just Nick. Nick is so young. Um, although 29, I mean, guys get, get those jobs. Not crazy. Michael Clay was, what, 30 when the Eagles hired him as a special teams coordinator? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Tr Tracy Rocker, the the D-line coach, obviously his D-line has done great. I, I don't 
He's a lifer. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's he's on, what is he fifty six? I, I just don't see him in that role. Um, maybe that's ageism. Um, there's got to be a uh, there's got to be a Paganetti around too who could be in the mix. <laughs> but um, those are the top. They have good options. I think they have a couple good options on both sides of the ball. Although I will say, I think it's more likely if say they lose both of them, and you say what's more likely, internal hire on offense or defense? I think offense is more likely. Yeah, I, I guess. think you want continuity, especially for the young quarterback. I, I know. I, I, I mean, this is this was the first time since like the, I think the '80s that the Eagles' assistant coaching staff didn't change from year to year, from last year to this year, and that meant a lot to Nick. I think he really likes keeping things in house. He, I think he he believes in. I know Jeff Lurie is a huge believer in promoting from within, unless it's Press Taylor. Unless it's Press Taylor, um, just because of what it does to your culture, it, it gives people who are working there already the belief that they can move up, and you get the best out of your employees. I did a story on that once, and um, I had a one-on-one with Lurie about that, about promoting from within. He's a huge believer in it. I mean, Howie Rosen was an intern, mm-hmm. you know. So Derek Boyko was an intern. So former uh, head of PR for yeah. I'm sorry, I thought everyone knew him. Um, <laughs> But yeah, good options um, on on both sides, both sides of the and ball. on offense, uh, they have a quarterbacks coach in waiting, and Alex Tanny. Yeah, they speak so highly of him, and I think that would be a pretty clear progression. If you lose Shane, Brian Johnson becomes OC. Alex Tanny becomes quarterbacks coach. Alex Tanny was in the league as a backup for like ten years. Um, played a long time in the league. Uh, didn't play, but but was in the league um, as recently as 2020, and his first job here was um, last year. I think he was quality control. Mm-hmm. So yeah, he's he's definitely on the uh, fast track. Yep. All right, that's all I had there. Uh, the last thing we wanted to mention was just the the value of this bye week and what they're Alex Tanner will be a head coach one day. I'm just going to throw that. Out. Okay. Yeah. You see, like a Mike Kafka in him. I was right. I, I was right about mm-hmm. that. Well. When I, the first week I saw him as an assistant at Lehigh, I said, that guy's going to be a The first coach. week you saw him as a quarterback, you went, oh, coaching, son. <laughs> well, seriously, because he he had, he had carried himself like a coach. And, I mean, he had a big arm, but you could just see the way he talked to his teammates and his coaches. This guy's going to be a coach mm-hmm. and the intelligence he had. Yeah, smart guy. Northwestern? Yeah. Yeah. I think he went there with Baker. <laughs> uh, value with bye week what they're doing. So it's, yeah, it's, it's an interesting week. It is a very valuable week. Basically there's no game planning going on because why would you waste your time? And they do have assistants who are kind of like low level assistants doing early. They have scouts who are yeah, doing early work doing on each the, team. Yeah. And Cause there's four. So you can split that up. Say you, you and you look at the Cowboys, you guys bucks and, and so on and so forth, but you're not really game playing with your players yet. What would you do? So this is a lot of like, look back at your tape. And they can probably kind of break it down from the bye week when they did this last. But you self-scout. And for Nick, it's a big thing because he'll find tendencies in the offense and the play calling. All right, when it's we're in these situations, it's third down and this and this and this. What do we go to? What do teams notice that we go to? And this is also a good chance for Gannon to come in, look at the offense, and for Steichen or Sirianni to look at that defense and say, all right, this is what I'm I'm seeing. This is where I would attack you. So it's it's a chance to kind of take a step back, look at what you've put on tape, and try to figure out how opposing teams are going to play it. Yeah, and they practiced Thursday and Friday, which surprised me. Uh, I thought they might be in one day um, just to get the guys 
you know, get them running around and uh, off the couch. <laughs> but uh, two practices is it's different. And these aren't exactly like no, it's not exactly like two a days yeah. here. But yeah. um, and and we'll see. I mean, they'll probably be like an hour long. We'll see. But uh, I don't know. I guess you you practice your your core plays that you you know is run your stuff that you're going to use against anyone. Um, and just try to sharpen a, a little bit. But they'll be off their feet. We don't have the schedule yet, but I would think they'd be off sat, uh, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. They probably be, they'll be in for meetings early in the week, and obviously once they know who they're playing. Um, and they, then you get on the, the normal schedule. You, at that point, you try to keep it as normal as possible. Right. So, um, yeah. So, assuming they play sun, that Sunday, um, they, they'd be back at practice Wednesday. Yeah. I, w- I don't. I wouldn't assume that, but you never know. So I, I think what'll happen is if one of the lowest seeds wins, they'd they'd have a chance to play Saturday. But that Monday night game between the Buccaneers and Cowboys, if it's the winner of that, they're not going to make those teams play on Saturday. Right. They play Sunday. Right. But even then, the Eagles would have an advantage. Sure. Oh, absolutely. They'd be on a short week. Yeah, and they'd be on a no week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that would be huge. Right. I, I kind of feel like it's going to be the Cowboys. Be a fun game. That'd be a fun week. Yeah. Yeah. It would be. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. If you guys enjoy the podcast, please rate and subscribe wherever you get your pods. If you're watching on YouTube, please click the like button and subscribe there as well. That's it for Rubon Day. This has been Eagle Eye presented by Nissan live here at Rivers Casino, Philadelphia. We'll talk to you later in the week.